Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to market yourself online, find your tribe, and grow a business doing the work you love on your terms. As a blogger, presenter, and marketing mentor, I understand the ups and downs that come with putting ourselves out there and running our own show. This podcast is here to take you behind the scenes and share the strategies to help you succeed. So let's get into the show. Welcome back to another episode and it is our first podcast giveaway. To say a huge thank you to you, seriously, for all your support since I launched the Emily Osmond Show two months ago in July 2019, I have teamed up with Kate Hodelick, who runs Afternoon Pick Me Up, which if you haven't heard of before, is an online gifting destination with the most stunning gift boxes centered around health, wellness and design. And Kate and I have curated a special one-of-a-kind entrepreneur pick-me-up, which is a gift box filled with all the amazing goodies with you in mind. And this is going to one person who has left a written review on the podcast. So let me just give you a quick overview of what is inside this incredible box. First of all, you can tame what we all know is a bit of an entrepreneurial roller coaster with the Courtney and the Babes oil roller in calm and plan and create with an Emma and Kate Co notebook. Treat yourself with gourmet treats from Loco Love and the Daily Bar. Get in the zone with a Love Ludi candle. Soak away the stress with a beautiful bath soak and most importantly, celebrate your wins with a posh plonk vintage cuvee. So to win, simply head over or actually if you're on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts now, which you probably are if you're listening, just click and go back to the homepage of the Emily Osmond Show. Scroll right down to where you'll see ratings and reviews and click write a review. And then you can just pop yours in there. And just a little hint, make sure that you add your Instagram handle or your business name just so I can actually know who you are and contact you if you are the lucky winner. And competition closes this Sunday the 22nd of September and the good news is that if you've already written me a review you're already in the draw with a chance to win. Today there really would be no other guest more fitting to speak to than Kate herself. Kate's been running Afternoon Pick Me Up since 2016 and just at the start of this year has taken her business full time. So listen in as we go behind the business with Kate Hodelick. So Kate, it is awesome to sit down with you and make this happen and chat. And first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. (laughs) And I like that I last interviewed you probably three years ago, I think. Last interviewed or last met? Well, no, last interview on the Lady Leaders. That's right. You remember that? So I. Oh had... my gosh, I'd forgotten yeah. that. I'd really forgotten. <laughs> yeah. So when I was doing a vlog series, and I think that we connected via Instagram. Yes. Years and, and years and years ago, back in the yes. early days. <laughs> and I was like, I really want to pick your brain and, and all that yeah. type of thing. So I sent you some questions, you emailed them back, and I put you on my blog. So I love that now 
several years later we're doing it again different yes. medium with the mic in front of us but, but still here both yes. still in our business i know we're still going which is <laughs> which good, is good. <laughs> yes. so for those that don't know much about you or your business let's start off with a little bit of a background to what you do sure so i'm kate i own afternoon pick me up which is a online gift box store. The aim of Afternoon Pick Me Up is to encourage nourishing downtime. So our gift boxes are filled with products that are healthy and they're all to do with wellness and they're all pretty and they help you unwind, take a moment for yourself and just have some downtime and yeah, enjoy it and make make the most of the little things really. Yeah, and they're gorgeous. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> let's like wind back to the start. Yeah. And even like what were you doing before you launched your online gift box business basically? Yeah, good question. What was the journey that took you there? Yeah, um, so I have a background in hospitality. So I studied hospitality at uni and went into event management and event styling. So I've been in event styling for years and years and then I worked kind of ad hoc in random jobs like at Kiki K or at oh, Bella Box and yeah, oh, cool. just random little bits and pieces. And then I nannied as well, but it's always been um, in kind of the creative sphere. I'd always wanted to own my own business. It was just one of those things. Like, honestly, ever since I was a kid, I think I've been entrepreneurial. Mm. It's just been one of those things. So, like, I would pick flowers and wrap them in foil and sell them on my path and, like, (laughs) make perfume out of flowers. And they were awful, but I loved it. I used to do that too. Oh, I'm so glad. Like, I feel like it's such a little girl thing to do and it's so much fun. And I, I love doing it. So I always wanted to do my own thing. And I kind of just took the leap three years ago. I doubled in a couple of other um, businesses. Yeah, because well, I only found out about one of them today <laughs> and I was like, hang on. I was just telling Emily about how I had a confetti business. That was before after you picked me up. So I made hand cut confetti and did them in little sachets and you could buy them for your wedding and like be on every seat and then you throw them and oh. stuff. So <laughs> that was my first kind of foray into... How long did you have that for? maybe a year or two and I also did like little other party kind of props and things like little swizzle wow. sticks and like lots of stuff what to do with glitter sticks? like to put in cocktails and you stir your cocktail oh, cool. around and they had like yeah. stars in the end and they're all glittered and I hand glittered them and oh, like all very God. crafty DIY yes. like you know when Pinterest first came in and yes. like that was huge yeah. Yes, I had that for a bit, but it wasn't really, I don't know, cutting paper just wasn't my... Just to give context, so you were still working for other people at stage two. exactly. So I always kind of had something creative on the side that I enjoyed doing. I've kind of always done that. And then I had thought about Afternoon Pick Me Up for like two years. It had sat on the back burner. And I always have ideas whirring in my head of business things that I could do. And like, (laughs) like yeah, seriously, but I'm really fickle. So I'll have an idea and then two weeks later, I'll hate it. You get bored. Oh my gosh, so easily. I'm such a magpie. So that's interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting. I think a lot of us are uh, when we kind of work for ourselves. I don't know, have ideas and then you're like, oh, there's something else I could do. Seriously, I so agree. And I was sitting on afternoon pick me up for a while because I wanted to make sure it was something that I really wanted to do Mm. and not just grab it and then flake in a couple of weeks like I really wanted to commit to something and make it a thing so I was sitting on it and had kind of been working out all the details for a couple of years and then one day I was talking to Mike my husband and was like I just think I should do it but I just I don't know I'm scared I'm nervous what do you think and he was like well if you don't do it and someone else does it before Mm. you how would you feel and I was like oh I'd be devastated and he was like well go for it 
And that was kind of just a little push, the little bit of permission that I needed just to go, right, I'll do it then. That is awesome. And so I just kind of took the leap and took some money that we had in the bank and started and it was awesome. I love it. So what was your idea behind the business in terms of what you actually offer? Like where did that idea come from and how did you... Did you do any figuring out that it was there was a need for it? Mm. What did that look like? The business has evolved a lot since it first started. So it was quite different um, when I first started. And initially it was just, I was physically hand delivering gift boxes wow. to people around Melbourne. So it's just in Melbourne. And it was flowers and a cold pressed oh. juice and some raw chocolate. Oh my god! And that's how it all started. But the need came from when I had a friend who was really sick and I wanted to give her a gift and there was just mm. nothing. This was before the gift industry kind of exploded mm. and it was, you know, crappy flowers like gerberas yes. and oh my gosh. awful I stuff. I was saying to like, someone oh. yesterday about flowers oh and gosh. my dislike for gerberas. They're so gross. <laughs> They're so gross. Never. So basically I could only find gross tacky options of stuff that I could physically mm. send to someone rather than me pick something totally. up and take to someone. So I was like, there's got to be something better. And I was like, well, what would I like to receive? What would I like to give? What would I be proud to receive? And what would I be proud to give? Mm. And it's always been about health for me. I love health stuff. Mm. I love the health and wellness industry. I find it fascinating and exciting. So the cold pressed juice was there from Green Street, who are amazing. They are the best cold pressed juice Mm. on the market. And we had some raw chocolate um, from a place in Macedon as well and flowers and stuff. So I was just hand delivering it all. And then it all changed when I wanted to expand. And at this time, just to also give context to you, what was going on, I guess, apart from having started your business? Yeah. So I was also nannying and still event styling as well. So I worked for two event styling companies, still work for one of them as well. Uh, just on the side every yeah. so often and then I was nannying a lot which I've been doing since I was like 13 Wow! and then yeah after you picked me up on the side so I just kind of did it when I could and I only delivered on Fridays because that's what fit my schedule oh my <laughs> and I actually like this is when I first we yeah. did the interview and yeah. I remember you sent me back the questions yeah and you said that you still were nannying and event styling mm-hmm. I'm like what yeah how is this <laughs> How is she not like spending all day every day on her business? Because from the outside, it looked like you would have been. So it's interesting to hear behind. Yeah. So what then was that change from delivering on Fridays and Mm -hmm. delivering the fresh juice and flowers and chocolate? What? Tell me about that change. Basically, I just wanted to expand and grow. There were a lot of people being like, do you deliver to Sydney? Do you deliver to Perth? Do you deliver to Brisbane? And I was like, how can I actually make Mm. this a thing? And I looked through a lot of different options for like, can I get flowers and a cold pressed juice that needs to be refrigerated at all times and a raw chocolate that needs to be refrigerated Mm. at all times? (laughs) Can I get them delivered across the nation? And the simple answer was no. Mm. I wanted to do it well and I didn't want to do it. To me, it was really scary to have the idea of like, a branch in Sydney and a branch yes. in Queensland. I was like, I'm not ready for that. Like yeah. this is only six months into the business mm. and I'm not ready to expand that quickly. So basically I was like, all right, well, what are the other options? And then I was like, well, through the post. Yes. And so then that kind of changed everything for me. And I was like, well, rather than having perishable goods like flowers and cold pressed mm. juice, move it to more kind of pampering products and yep. things that you can send through the post and aren't going to melt or die or anything. So then I changed the whole business. It was still, I still had the Melbourne side and then the nationwide side. Mm. So all the nationwide stuff got couriered across Australia and then the Melbourne stuff I still hand delivered every Friday. 
And I'm still doing the Melbourne side of things, but I don't do it during autumn and spring and okay. winter. I just do it during summer. Okay. So that'll be coming back around oh, soon. Okay. If people want it, this is the other thing. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know if there's a demand still for it. So is it, are there different kind of products that you do for the... Yeah, so you yeah, do flowers. so I do flowers. So I go and okay. collect all the flowers, put all the flowers wow. together and then the cold pressed juice. And then I have the Daily Bar. Oh, yeah. So not chocolate, but oh my gosh, they're yes. the best little treats. The Daily Bar and Byron Bay, they're amazing. Okay. <laughs> you shifted the business a little bit yeah. how did that go in terms of I guess what did that mean for your business to then offer and I guess you yeah. heard that demand that people were like totally. to live here yeah how did that work out yeah really well it was amazing I was so kind of just floored by everyone's enthusiasm for that mm. so I got a buttload of orders straight out. <laughs> that was a bad expression. I was going to say a boatload and then I changed it to a buttload at the end. That's right. I said it that. I love it. just doesn't seem right coming from you. Oh, like, you're all like, change your new products. That's good. No cutting out of this oh, podcast. No. <laughs> All right, there are a lot of orders that came through uh, from the nationwide straight off the bat. So as soon awesome. as it went live, I got heaps of orders, which was really great because it really showed that people mm. wanted it, it was a need, and that people were excited about what I was offering. Mm. So basically from there, I've just kind of worked on that. And so I have started to phase out the Melbourne yeah. boxes, like I was saying, and have a really big focus on the nationwide now. So yeah. Amazing. Did that answer your question? Yes, okay. totally. And I'm, I'm curious like to know now, because I know that you are now full-time in yeah. the business tree. Yeah. And um, as you know, because I told you, I've popped in my uh, the Modern Marketing Collective yes. with my amazing students <laughs> in there. I just popped a post in earlier today and I said, I've got Kate coming on the podcast. Yeah. Let me know if you've got any questions. So I want to read one out. Go for it. That Beth asked. So sure. Beth is from Bethany Alice Fashion Design. Mm-hmm. And so Beth was really curious to know about how you made that decision to mm. move to full-time in your business. And I also wanted to ask how long ago you started after you picked mm-hmm. me up um, and then what, how long into the business then you took that full-time. So let's talk about that. Yeah, sure. So I started the business in February 2016 was when it launched. Um, so I've been running for just over three years. Wow, which um, isn't that long. It's not that long. It's not that long, but also I love that it's at the three-year mark. Yeah. I always was looking towards the three-year mark as like mm. the bench point because yes. the stats, 90% of business, yeah. small businesses don't make it to the three-year mark. So to I make it, same. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <that's> so great. <laughs> but going full-time. Yeah, going full-time, it was a big move. It was a big step. And so I was nannying and event styling still. I just decided that I wanted to put all my eggs in one basket. I wanted to focus on after and pick mm. me up and see what happened. Okay. And so um, my husband and I were like, oh, let's see how it goes. Let's trial it for a year mm. or 18 months. Let's see if it works, see if it's worthwhile, and then take stock and see what okay. happens. So basically I went full-time in January this year. Oh, wow. So it's been, what, eight months now? Yes. Yeah. And it's already been so amazing. Okay. And I actually couldn't imagine it any other mm. way. So it's so nice having one thing to focus yeah. on and not having my brain kind of scattered. scattered. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly right. I've been able to grow better in terms of the business and in terms of who I can work with and what I do and stuff. And it's already okay. kind of shown its worth working full-time. Yes. Yeah. How did you actually make the decision? Was it that mm. you got to a stage when you're looking at the finances and you're like, look, 
I think this could, we could make this work. What, yeah, what was behind the decision in that way? It was more, I'm not good at finances at all. (laughs) So I'm not going to lie and say, yes, I had all my ducks in a row and my finances said this. I kind of just took the leap. But I wanted to grow in the corporate sector Mm. and I knew that to do that I needed to put more time into it. And I couldn't just work kind of ad hoc. I needed to Mm -hmm. be available all the time. And that's really paid off in terms of the corporates that I work with now. And I knew that I wanted to grow in the corporate area and also just nationwide, just generally. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily a financial decision. It was more a a heart decision, really, just to go for it and just to be like, you know what, let's just do it. And also my parents moved overseas and we just moved into their house. So we're staying in their house. So it means that we have a little less light on in terms of rent. So therefore we can afford for me to take this leap at the moment and go from there. So yes, financial, yes, heart, like kind of both. (laughs) And I guess it was you recognized that not being full-time was stopping you from being full-time. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. (laughs) And I mean, at the end of the day, It got to the point where when I was at event styling or nannying, I would be thinking about my business Mm. and that wasn't fair to, that wasn't fair to the event styling company or the people that I was nannying for. And I was just like, oh, this isn't fair to them. This isn't fair to me. Let's just like cut ties. Well, not cut ties. That sounds really (laughs) negative, but you know, like move your focus. Yeah, exactly. Move my focus. That's a good way to put it. Sorry, tell me about the corporate side of things, how that first happened, explain mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, so basically um, the online sphere is just one facet of my business and then the other sphere is the corporate side. I create boxes for real estate companies doing settlement gifts. So instead of just a bottle of champagne or like we were saying before, crappy mm. gifts, <laughs> um, you can get an afternoon pick-me-up and it's a like, fully mm. integrated gift that... Everything is meant to work together. So yeah. you get a box and you're supposed to use all the things indulgently together. So like a I've bottle of wine. I've looked at your website. Like, yeah. <laughs> they look so good. Yeah. So I've been doing um, real estate stuff. So settlement gifting, which is awesome. And then just this year, I've been starting to work with Thank You as well. Doing yes. some press kits for them, which has been amazing. So that's completely changed my business as well. And been such a boost and such a great company to work with Mm. that it's just to be aligned with them to work with them is just uh, yeah I'm totally over the moon about that so yeah it's basically looking at helping them with their launches of their products and kind of giving them out to influencers yeah yeah it leads us actually really well into another question Mm -hmm. from Kate Robinson who we both coincidentally (laughs) know um so Kate is another one of my students. She's amazing. Kate Robinson yeah. Photography. And you know her through... It might have just been through Instagram. And so when I popped you in the Facebook group and said, what would everyone like to know? Kate yeah. was like, I love Kate. Um, so Kate would like to know, first of all, she asked two questions. Mm-hmm. Have you worked with influencers and what was the experience like? I've worked with influencers that are more photography influencers. Mm-hmm. So I've sent a product to them and they've photographed it. Like, and they've given me an amount of photos and then I've used that for content okay. rather than posting to their website and like their, their website, their Instagram okay. and then getting the followings from that. I've done that too, but I don't know. I find it hard with influencers. It's really tricky to know how it's going to go for you. And if totally. it's going to, I mean, it's a, it's a risk like any kind of marketing, you don't know if it's going to pay off and you don't know if it's going to be worthwhile. Mm. I've worked with some really, really good photographic influencers who have given me some really good content Mm. 
But then in terms of gifting a box to an influencer and then posting on their website, I keep saying website, on social media, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically the oh, new website. Exactly. <laughs> I haven't necessarily found it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. It might be good for like getting gaining followers and things, but they're not necessarily engaged. And mm-hmm. I'm way more interested in engaged followers than just having numbers. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't know, it's, it's a tricky one, but I find that this day and age, it's better to go along the content kind of realm well i'd like to ask a question just kind of to follow on that how do you Mm. decide which collaboration or partnership to go for that's a really good because we discussed just before how um before we started recording how you do get asked a lot Mm -hmm. and i was like well actually you probably would wouldn't you with it with beautiful products and that type of thing so how do you decide what to say yes and no to yeah it's a really good question and it's a really tough question because I do get a lot of DMs and emails of people asking for product and stuff. And while we want to support everyone, it's just not possible. And I hate that. Mm. But basically, I just choose based on my gut and based on my heart and what I feel is right for the business. I think a lot of the time you can tell and that it's not going to be mutually beneficial or that you're not going to get a buttload out of it. (laughs) That's right. That you're not going to get a buttload. Oh, gosh, this is going to come back to haunt me. You have to think about it in terms of it being beneficial for your business. At the end of the day, I'd love to support everyone, but I can't. And it has to be beneficial for me. It can't just be giving over product and therefore money and time to other people to benefit Mm. their businesses. And yes, there's a place for that in terms of charity and stuff. I think that's a different sector altogether. But in terms of just people asking for gifts and stuff, it's, yeah, it's a tricky Mm. one. If it's a brand or a product that doesn't align with my values or isn't even if the same aesthetic and things, I was gonna say, then yeah. that really makes a big difference. And I can tell straight away and be like, mm, no. And that's like with anything, like with bringing on any brands that I'm putting in the boxes mm. and stuff, it's the same kind of process of does it fit the aesthetic? Does it fit our really core values and yeah, things? Yeah. And does that make sense as a partnership? So And the other yeah. brands that you have. Yeah, exactly. So we've talked about you're now full-time in your business, which is yes. really awesome. <laughs> You've worked with Thank You, which yeah. is like one of the... They're the best. Like most popular, loved, amazing companies in mm-hmm. Australia. Yeah. If anyone doesn't know them, check out Thank You. They do yeah. beautiful hand washes and 100% of their profits go to helping uh, people in other countries really with sanitation and hygiene. So I want to now dig into the not so nice stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what did you have in mind? <laughs> I guess let's start in the early days. Yeah. Probably for me, it's funny, like I found almost the first year of business Mm. was pretty great Mm. because it was like, this is awesome. I'm working for myself. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) And then I feel like year two and three were more challenging. Yeah, I 100% agree. 100% agree. (laughs) What's been some of the challenges that you've gone through, big or small? Yeah. In, I guess, in those early years to start with? Your first year was amazing, but it was all about like, how do I do this? How do yes. I do this? And I just Googled everything yeah. and I still do Google yeah. everything. But yeah, it's really exciting and amazing in the first year. And then the second year kind of sets in and it's like, okay. And I hate that I have to do it, but I need to mm. start thinking about the money side yes. of things. And I hate that because I just want to mm. do things and not care about the yeah. money. But if you want to run a business, it has to be profitable. Mm. Yeah, second year was a bit tricky. And then I think it's been hard this year as well. Like, I think Mm. 
Like you mentioned on your last podcast about the entrepreneurial up and down roller coaster thing. I'll just say, so this was with Alicia Rose Kruger. Yeah. So if you haven't listened, go back to that episode. And so Alicia shared about how as women we have inner cycles and they're pretty different. The four different weeks, if you have a regular cycle, what that looks like and how we can use that knowledge and the different things that are going on in our body that I just never even like recognized before. It's fascinating. How we can use them to help us thrive basically yeah what has that felt like for you or how's it shown up in your business in terms of the ups and downs yeah totally the downs are hard it's I always feel like fraudulent or like oh my gosh everyone else is doing better than me and the comparison game is so Mm -hmm. strong um, especially with Instagram and being able to see where everyone's at as well like that's really tricky and I find that hard And in my low times when I'm finding things hard, I get really down about that kind of Mm. stuff, about feeling fraudulent and feeling comparisonitis and things like that. And it's really tricky to pull out of that. Mm. And I think that's the best and the worst thing about being your own boss is that it's up to you to pull out of that. And it's not up to anyone else and you have to do it yourself. Mm. So that's awesome, but it's also really hard. There are the two things that I find really hard, Mm. comparisonitis and then just feeling like oh my gosh, no one's going to buy my stuff. I suck. This is crap. Like, you know, and you just don't feel like you should be doing what you're doing. Whereas you should be just do it. Like I still am like, oh my gosh, people are still buying from me. (laughs) Like, which is awesome. Like, it's cool that it's still running and I still love what I'm doing. So do you know why or where that comes from feeling like you're a fraud or you shouldn't be good where you're at I think it's just one of those things as an entrepreneur like I think it I don't know do you get it too oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) and especially I found when I launched my online program yeah it was after that that Mm. I'm like it really hit me. Totally. I'm like, oh God, I can't do Like, who am I to yes. do this? And that's the thing. It's the, who am yeah. I to do this? And like we were just talking about before I came mm-hmm. on, I was like, oh, I don't know if I've got that much to share. Well, that's what I, yeah, I was going to say. So Kate, before we sat down, she's like, oh, like everyone else has been really great. I just don't think I've got that much to share. I'm like, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> it's so tricky though. Cause like you just get that in your head and you're like, mm. oh, I'm not that great. But then at the same time, we just need to just like, Cut the crap. We're doing great. We're, look at how well we're thriving mm. and we're enjoying what we're doing. How great is it that we can be our own boss and that we don't have to deal with, you know, yeah. workplace politics and yeah. stuff if you're in another job. So I think mm. we need to be kinder to ourselves. That's something I've learned this year, actually, yeah. is just to be kinder to myself and be kinder to the thoughts that I'm telling myself mm. about myself and about my business. Just be kinder. <laughs> and you mentioned before as well that you, and if it's something you'd like to talk about, around energy levels as well. Yes, totally. Um, and how that can be challenging for you. Yeah, 100%. I've been diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is all to do with your reproductive organs, but also mm-hmm. your gut as well. And I might have endometriosis as well. You can only mm-hmm. find out if you have the surgery and I'm not up to oh, the gosh. stage where I'm ready for surgery. But basically it means that I've got a lot of fatigue. I've got a lot of pain and stuff around my period and things and also um like what we're talking about as well the cycles and season of your period really affect me big time so my winter time is a really hard time where Mm. often i'm in bed for a week that doesn't necessarily alleviate until kind of 
two weeks later until I get full yeah. energy back. But I've also been seeing a naturopath and that's been really helpful for all my fatigue. Mm. So that's been better. But it is hard to run a business when you're fatigued. Mm. And when I've got a physical business of products that I need to yes. constantly be shipping out and packing, it's hard because I sometimes just need to be in bed. Yeah. Whereas I need to also be packing boxes and stuff. So it's tricky to juggle. I was going to ask, so can you schedule and have a little bit of, I don't know, agency over what happens in terms of your business and and what you do when you do have more energy and Mm. things that you can just let go of when you don't? Yeah, a little bit. I think like what I was saying before is just that I've learned to just be kind to myself and if I need to rest, I rest Mm. and I get the stuff done that I need to get done. If there are jobs like corporate stuff that I can't take on because of Mm. depending on either the time of the month or just how I'm feeling that time of the year even because it just fluctuates all the time. I can say yes and no to that kind of stuff, but online orders are keeping on coming through all the time. And I guess I could close my store, but I don't want to do that. I'm really all about consistency and I want to keep it open and keep it consistent. I do push through a bit, but also I make sure I take a rest when I need Mm. to. So I can pack orders or something in the morning and then take the rest of the day to be in bed. And I can even work from bed sometimes. Yeah. I just need to lie down and physically rest rather than being on the go and stuff. So it just depends. Yeah. You're pretty amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Do you have anyone that works in the business too? Uh, no, it's just me. <laughs> I have, I mean, I have people that I, so I have someone doing my Facebook ads and Instagram ads, and then I have like an accountant and a bookkeeper mm-hmm. that I outsource. So they're just all people that I um, delegate to, but physically working on my business as in mm-hmm. packing orders and things like that. It's just me. For now. Yeah, for Not now. Not for long. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's the dream and that's the ideal, but I have had friends help me throughout yes. periods of time and stuff. So I have friends come over and help me pack Christmas orders and things. And I've had people, Louisa from Honor With Fate, help me um, deliver all my boxes when I did Melbourne stuff. So that was great. But yeah. You've got a good support network. Yeah. Oh, great support network. That's what you need. (laughs) I wanted to ask Kate Robinson's second question. And she asked, what's the biggest thing that you've done to grow your business? Facebook ads and Instagram ads. I've only implemented them this year. And I've put it off and put it off and put it off because Mm. I don't understand how to run them at all and I still don't get it I've hired someone to do it for me and oh my gosh is the best money I've ever spent on my business ever 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 I still don't get it but Tom just runs them all for me and everything does amazingly and he just tells me what he needs from me in terms of need to top up the ad spend account or need imagery or anything and he just does it all and it's so 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 helpful and it's changed my business tenfold like it's really grown my sales and really being able to make me uh, be able to work full-time as well. Okay. Like Where did you start then? Um, in terms of when you went out full-time and then you started the ads? Yeah, exactly. What so I think you? I started the ads in March. Cool. So obviously there's like four weeks of analysis and stuff. Yeah. So I probably started the process probably early February and then by March or end of March we started the ads and they've just really changed the game because it's hard these mm-hmm. days with Instagram and the algorithm and stuff. I found them really, really helpful. Let's talk a little bit about the ad strategy mm-hmm. with my members in the Facebook group. I did a live session with them just the other day mm-hmm. and there was a few questions around running ads mm-hmm. and I said to them, I don't want you running any ads yet for a lot of these women who are just starting their business totally. because I said that you have to have, you've got to be able to actually track what's working, what's not. You've got to have your goal in mind for what the ads are trying to achieve and totally fine if you want to like boost some posts. Mm-hmm. 
unless you you know what you're trying to achieve from the end of it and have a goal yeah. and can start tracking it. And I think when you have a product like mm-hmm. yourself, when you yeah. can actually see, okay, this is increasing sales. Mm-hmm. Or for my business, I sell online too. And yeah. I get in there every day. I'm obsessed. Yeah. I know. <laughs> analytics like, is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel so you. So yeah. do you, yeah, I would love to hear kind of what your strategy has been. And if you agree with that or if you totally. think, no, you should start straight away. Or Like what you were saying with boosted posts, I've tried boosted posts and they've never worked for me. It's always been the more behind the scenes ads that have worked, but that's only Mm. because I've gotten someone else to do them. I've Mm -hmm. tried ads myself and it's just been woeful. I don't know why I find it so Mm. complicated. But also, like you said, I completely agree. I think you need to really figure out what you want from it. So I've got goals in mind and we've got targets to meet each month based on what we spend for the ads and what we expect to receive. Also, if you haven't got a proven product mm, or yes, service exactly. yet, yeah. it's, you need to do the organic stuff first. Totally. Figure out what works. Understand your audience. Understand the type of content that's going to work Absolutely. before then you throw money behind it, which is why I say just hold off on it yes. for now. No, I agree. I think that's true. I think you do need to know your audience. You definitely need to know what kind of people you're targeting because if you're just throwing it to anyone... I remember when I used to try that too. (laughs) And you're like, oh my goodness, so many people. I could read so many people. Let's do it. And it just does not work. Like you want to be a niche brand that only targets a specific amount of people. That's actually a really good thing. To a certain extent, you throw things at a wall and see Mm. what sticks in terms of Facebook ads. But then you hone in on what does stick and you go with that and you go hard with that. So we do a lot of testing. Tom does a lot of testing with different areas of the market and sees what sticks and then goes from there. What your best return on investment is. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. So all just depends on that. Let's talk as well about Instagram because you have said that that has, it feels a little bit difficult at the minute. So, well, I wouldn't say difficult. Okay. I love Instagram and <laughs> yeah. I find it really easy and straightforward, but that's just yes. me, but it has changed a lot yeah. in the last three years. So I think that I came into market at a really, really good stage where everyone saw every post, the engagement was really high, everyone was really interested and everyone commented and stuff. Mm. Whereas now everyone just scrolls through or they don't even see yeah. stuff. So it is hard, but I love Instagram. It's mm. my number one kind of Thing that I get distracted on throughout my work day. <laughs> That's why I try to yeah. share too. That, yeah. But the best thing that you can get out of Instagram as well, I think as a small business owner, is the connections and the relationships that totally. you build. And that's what's going to also grow your business so much. 100%. And it's that loyalty. Like mm. if you're building relationships there and creating loyal relationships there, it's just a cue that kind of just like helps people to then go to your website. And mm. if they trust you on Instagram, they're going to trust you way more with your website and product and everything. So it's just a follow-on effect. Totally. And I was thinking the other day that Mm. I am so much more likely to buy from someone that I feel as though I know or that I can see who's running business. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm so with you and I'm really trying to work on being more in front of my camera because I know that a lot of the time I just do my products and stuff. But I'm Mm. the same as you. Every time I see people that I follow on my Instagram – with that, when I see their yeah. faces, I'm so much more likely to buy from them yes. because I know them personally or feel like I know them personally. So what's your current attack on Instagram? What's your mm. current, what's what's working for you? I don't have a Instagram strategy hard and fast. I make sure I go on stories every weekday. I'm bad. You're going to 
You're going to slap me on the wrist. I post on the fly and I don't plan in advance. I just post when I feel like posting and I don't look at what times it should be posted better. And so I know everybody's looking across the table like, oh, you're the worst. And it's, it's, and it's worked so far. And I think that as well, like we've spoken about that there's opportunities, I reckon, for you to I know, yeah, get in front of the camera. <laughs> exactly. I know, I do need to get in front of the camera more and do some live stories and then some Instagram TV as well. That would be good. But what you're great at is the definitely the aesthetic. Oh, thank you. So, like, oh, can you please help those of us that <laughs> <laughs> struggle? Because I yeah. know that those listening, when they go and check out your Instagram, they are going to think to themselves, like, wow, it is beautiful and the images are so great and oh, it's so consistent. You. How do you do that? Well, I'll let you in on a secret. Every single photo that's on there is taken from my iPhone. Like there's no bells and whistles. There's no fancy cameras. I just take photos and then I edit them. You really would think that it was professional photography type of thing. So it's great. Thank you. I've just got an eye for it, I think. And so I just utilize that. And that's why I love Instagram so much because I Mm -hmm. feel like I can do well at it in terms of the visual side of things. But in terms of... Um, the consistency and things with Instagram, I just really focus in on what my brand entails. Mm. So I'm all about, if you've ever been on Instagram, I'm all about white and pink. Um, Which is why we meld so well together. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Seriously. They're the colors that I'm naturally drawn to. And so they're the colors that I naturally post. Yes. So because I'm naturally posting them it just feels consistent Mm. and yeah you have to work at it a little bit sometimes there are posts that are going to be darker than others or just like different colors but you won't generally see like blues in my posts and things Mm. like that and it's not a conscious decision that I've gone no blues no reds it's just that I'm not drawn to those colors so I don't post them I'll sometimes post a photo and then it won't go with the feed and then I'll take it off and do a different one or something like that or pre-plan it very occasionally on latergram or something like that it's not very well thought through i just kind of post mm. <laughs> and how do you i would love to hear you've got your beautiful box that you're going to mm. photograph yep how do you get it looking all amazing with the setup and then taking the photo and then editing the photo could you tell us a little bit of the process? yeah sure i have a background in event styling so i know what kind of looks good in terms of positioning of stuff so i just position stuff in a box I'll take a test photo and see how it looks and then play around with it. And then I just edit everything. I use either PicTap Go, um, which I've been using for years. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I think it's one that was like years and years ago. And it's just one that I've stuck with. Mm. I've used heaps of others, but I just keep going back to that one. I've got my own presets in there and stuff. And then I just, or I just use the editing thing on the camera roll, like in any iPhone. What do you do to the image? Yeah, I always brighten and then I bring down the saturation, up the contrast, oh, and then I sharpen it. I love that combination. Yeah. So yeah. It's really easy. Oh, and I warm it up. Always warm ah. it up. Yeah, because otherwise if it's too cool, then it looks like blue. And I like more warm yes. and like... Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> brightness up. Brightness contrast up. Contrast a little Contrast bit. a little bit, but not too up. much. Saturation yep. down. Down. And then warmth up. And warmth up a little yep. bit. And, and just tweak and that. play. Thank you for sharing oh, because it really helps, especially if that's a similar aesthetic. It's it's light, it's soft, mm-hmm. um, it's sharp. Yeah. But for people to then go away and understand how they can use free editing apps, absolutely, just make their photos go from looking not 
great. Yeah, totally. Even if it's just on their phone and then just doing those tweaks and then using those again and again for that consistency. And I love that how like low tech the way you do it is. So low tech and so cheap. Like (laughs) I think Pictab Go was free. It was probably free like five years ago. It's probably still free now. If it's not, it's probably like $2 or just do it on your phone. (laughs) So Kate, what's going on with you now and what are you working towards? At the moment, I'm about to start another thank you campaign, um, which will be coming out soon. I'm also just working on getting systems and procedures place that work out really well in terms of saving me time, working smarter, not harder. And then also I'm just focusing on Christmas as well and pulling together our Christmas boxes and seeing what happens there. I loved your (laughs) campaign last year. Oh, thanks. It was awesome. It was all very pink and red. Yeah. I'm almost like, oh, maybe I'll just do pink and red again because I loved it so much last year. (laughs) I loved it. Um, I wanted to ask, you said you're working on another thank you campaign. Yeah. For those that are, I don't know, also looking to try and Mm. make those connections with corporates or businesses, other businesses, how did that happen for you and what would your advice be? For my thank you stuff, that fell into my lap, but also was a building of relationships. So I know a couple of people that work at the thank you offices, but also I've delivered to the thank you offices a couple of times. So when people have ordered boxes and I did the Melbourne deliveries, I would deliver and everyone, when they see one of the boxes gushes yes. and comes in, is like, oh my gosh, what is that? <laughs> so you just get to know people. When Thank You contacted me, it was Kate from Thank You. And she knew me through one of the girls that worked at Thank You, but had also seen me come in with a box. Yes. So she was like, hey, I kind of know you through this person, yeah. but also I've met you once when you came through with a box. That was a touch point for her mm. of a connection made. And so when she's gone, oh, we need this for yes. our business. Who can I call on? there's Kate. And so it's just about those sorts of things, touch points, building relationships, and really just being, I don't know, available and kind. I think that makes such a difference and people really remember you if you're kind and if you're lovely and things. So that works out well. But the same with the um, real estate companies I've worked yeah, I wanted with. To ask. Most of them have fallen into my lap. They've just emailed me and said, hey, we want this. They've seen me on Instagram. Actually, so Instagram's, from Instagram. Instagram's been the biggest and wow. the best thing for my business. And it's mm. honestly brought me in so much. What's it called? Work? Yep. That's the word. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with that. Yep. It's brought me in so much work. And like often the emails are, oh, I've seen you on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they feel like they know me on Instagram. So therefore they feel kind of more connected and things. So I think Instagram's so amazing at that. And it's just been so brilliant for my business. How do you go about putting together pricing for those types of orders? Because I guess you're you're sorted, you've got your online pricing. Mm -hmm. And I guess that is what you have to charge to be able to make any money out of the boxes and that type Mm -hmm. of thing. When you are in contact with these larger brands that want to place bulk orders, how do you go about pricing that? Yeah, it basically comes down to every single one is different. So it really depends on what they want, what their budget is, what their timeline is, Mm -hmm. and also what kind of business they are. So because I work with Thank You, because they're a not-for-profit, then I lower my prices for them. Mm -hmm. They don't have the normal standard prices because they give 100% of their profit back and I want to support that. And also they're doing such great work that I just want to support it. So I lower my prices for them, but then it really depends on what people want. Mm -hmm. So... Often it comes down to their budget and what they want and then I can create what they want and basically I just need to make sure that I'm making a good enough cut on that. Bulk boxes like for settlement boxes and stuff 
are a lot of work. I've got one client that I do 700 boxes a year for them. Which is like, let's just, that is amazing <laughs> for your business. It's so, have that. so great for my business and my bottom line. And I love it. And I really enjoy doing corporate stuff. But it's a lot of work mm-hmm. and it's not just... Well, you're, it's you, you're packing 700 boxes. This is the thing and it's me. Yeah. It's literally just me doing it. And it's people are like, oh yeah, I just pack boxes. It's like, no, there's so much prep work that goes on. I literally have to fold every single box, the no. lid and the base before oh they... Yep. And then there's all the unpacking of the products as they come in. So often yeah. products will come in in their own packaging and I'll undo that oh packaging gosh. times 700. That can take you know a long time. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes mm. with that kind of stuff. So it has to be worthwhile for me to do. So I'll spend normally a couple of days a month working on corporate stuff. And I just make sure that I am working in a small enough time yeah, okay. frame that it is worthwhile for my efficient business. enough. Yeah. Exactly. And I've gotten really efficient at it, but I just need to make sure that I charge for that. And that's another thing that I find really hard is charging my worth and making sure I charge my worth. Mm. I still am like, oh, it's too expensive. They won't do it. I'll just mark down my prices, mm. which I shouldn't do. No, I should, you I should really hold my, just hold my ground. Yes. And this is my prices. I'm not budging. I do do that a bit and I need to be better at that. That's definitely I something that think I need to I'm not at. that far ahead of you in business. I'm maybe like a year and yeah. a half. But I have found it definitely gets easier oh that's good to know to i really that's a really good thing to know i'm glad <laughs> because i really am like oh i really need to put my foot down sometimes mm. and really not let people not push me around but just kind of barking me down yeah like no actually i am a solo business owner yeah. like this is this is the price is and it, it well is. that's the thing and it gets to the point where you're like it's just not worth it for me to do totally. that a hundred percent and it's also that thing where like You've worked for the last however many years you've worked for to be efficient at something. So you shouldn't be paid less because you've gotten good at being efficient. Mm. Like you should be getting paid well because you spent all those years Mm. learning to be efficient. I remember actually back in the day when I was doing branding, Mm. I had a client email and I I had designers that worked for me. So I was paying them. The client said, oh, I just need some business cards or something. Sent them the quote. And he came back and said, oh, but it'll only take you 10 minutes, won't it? <gasps> and I'm like, well, first of all, no. But second of all, it's that same point. It's like, okay, uh-huh. no worries. Like, you go away and try and create your, yes. mock up your business card, mm-hmm. buy the software that you need to do that, export it as the right mm-hmm. file, get your brand colors right. Oh so my gosh. it's a, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And I think obviously people, I'm sure I make that mistake with other people too, but it's, Difficult to know. And actually, if I can give like advice, this is what yes, I've said to some do. of my students is that in their quotes, they can actually in, like actually detail all the steps that's involved. Yes. So it's like, this isn't just a quote for a hundred gift boxes. Yes, exactly This is right. a quote for sourcing your products, folding the gift boxes. Seriously. Like styling the gift boxes, mm-hmm. packaging, and mm-hmm. put it all in so they, your, the people that are going to approve that quote actually see yep. all the work that you're doing. Yeah. Even just like storing all the products <laughs> in your premises. Like, yes. oh my gosh, I I'd just love to come from, see your clothes. No, They're you don't. Seriously, I was like, no, let's not come to my house. <laughs> I've just got a spare room that I have all my stock in and then there's stuff in the garage and like, oh, it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you basically the last question. Yeah. I've had you here for a little while now, but I wanted to ask you what advice you would give to other people. Mm. Like looking back now, if you maybe if you could tell Kate three years ago, yeah. what advice would you give to yourself yeah. when you were... Good question. early days, maybe that you would give to other people. I think something that served me well is having boundaries. 
I've been really strong on boundaries from the get-go and have been really like, I don't work in the evenings at all. Like I just, okay, I just one up don't. Me there. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do it. I just draw the line and as mm. soon as Mike comes home from work, that's when I switch off. Yeah. And I make sure I don't have any notifications that come up on my phone. I don't have email notifications, Instagram notifications. I only have order notifications mm. that come through. But I make sure I don't have any of those because I don't want to get pulled away from the things that I'm working on at that current moment. Good on you. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I found it really, really helpful. Same with like weekends. Weekends are really sacred mm-hmm. to me and I don't work on weekends unless I really need to. And even just like because I work from home, I think a lot of people and a lot of my friends assume that I can just be free and available yeah. to catch up whenever. And yes, it's kind of the case, but also I don't want to be like, yes, I'll bend over backwards to, Mm. but at the same time, I still want to see my friends. So it's a fine line of boundaries and balance. And just to be like, all right, maybe schedule like one person to catch up with every couple of days, not like Mm. two or three a day or one a day. Like, and if you do it, do it at the start or the end of the day so that you're not interrupting your workflow. So boundaries have been really, really good for me and really important. Parting words of wisdom. Oh, yes. And just be kind to yourself. I think that's a, my big learning thing from this year is just mm. just give yourself a bit of a break. Like, stop telling yourself that you're crap. You're not crap. <laughs> you're doing great. And also to think back to, like, you three years ago yeah. and to see where you are now, they would be like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Which we never do. Oh, I my gosh, think. I never take the time to no. do it. We should. We should really have, like, a celebration time, yeah. especially at the three-year mark as well. Yeah. And if you need to rest, rest. That's okay. If you're at home, working at home, no one knows how you spend your time. Yes. Like, don't stress about <laughs> trying to live up to other people's expectations. They don't know what you're doing all day. So if you need to sleep, sleep. <laughs> well, okay. thank you so much for sitting down with me. <laughs> okay. It's been awesome to oh, chat. It's so lovely. And I'm so excited. We have just collaborated yes. today to we've just finished up shooting. Yeah. Taking some fun shots. We're looking over now. There's some donuts. There's probably like 500 little stars on A my floor. A lot of stars. <laughs> yeah. That we were throwing and blowing and all that type of thing. Taking some fun photos. So I'm really excited. Thank you so much for giving the opportunity for my listeners oh, to win one of your hampers. You. Oh, of course. I will be giving all the details. I would have put it at the start of this podcast and I will put them at the end too for how you can go about winning them and what's in it and all that type of thing but thank you so much and thank you so much for catching up in another three years getting back on the podcast (laughs) oh thanks so much for having me oh and you better tell us where we can find you oh yes totally find me on instagram I'm there all the time afternoon pick me up and then my website is just afternoonpickmeup.com.au and on facebook as well just afternoon pick me up it's all the same (laughs) thank you Kate oh thanks Em hope you loved going behind the scenes with Kate Hodelick of Afternoon Pick Me Up. And if you haven't already, make sure that you do leave a written review in Apple Podcasts for the show because you will go into the draw to win the incredible Entrepreneur Pick Me Up, the special gift box that Kate and I have curated just for you, which is being drawn this Sunday, the 22nd of September. All you have to do is just leave a written review and we could be drawing your name. That's it from me and I'll speak with you soon.
Thank you for listening to The Emily Osmond Show, brought to you by my Instagram freebies, which you'll find at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. So please take a few seconds to leave me a review, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, and be sure to take a screenshot of this podcast, upload it to your social media, and tag me at Emily Osmond so I can give you a shout out too. Until next time, remember connection over perfection. You've got this and we'll speak soon.